Hodges puts up the three. Long go. Rebound box. Now head over in this direction. Gone to three. play-by-play announcer for basketball and football at the University of Rhode Island. Uh, he's had a plentiful amount of job opportunities uh, coming his way in the broadcasting and uh, sports journalism sense. So without further ado, guys, give it up for Stone Freeman. Hey, how's it going, Cam? How you doing, Stone? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. It's finally nice to meet you. I'm very appreciative that you could actually join me here today. I know our schedules are busy and all over the place, but... Um, yeah, no, please. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to talking. Where are you from? You're from Rhode Island, right? Yeah, I'm from Johnston. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You said that. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. yeah. To start off, uh, do you want to introduce yourself to the viewers a little bit about uh, yourself, what you're all about? Yeah, yeah. I'm Stone Freeman. Um, trying to think uh, what about me is interesting. Uh, I'm I'm heavily involved down at the University of Rhode Island, so you can uh, you probably hear me on uh, doing some men's basketball, football games, women's basketball games. Um, yeah, I do a lot with Your View, which is a local TV station. Uh, well, really, they, they have a couple different markets across the country, but we have one here in Rhode Island, so I do some high school sports for them. And uh, I guess uh, Twitter is kind of where most people will probably know me from. I'm, I'm really active on social media. Uh, I follow all the URI sports pretty extensively. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. All right, so uh, where did your passion for sports uh, start or stem from? Yeah, I think it stems from uh, – Probably as a, as a kid growing up, uh, my friends, all of them that I'm still very close with, um, I, I kind of wear my my connections on my sleeve a bit. But all my friends were were athletes and um, on the high school football field, on the high school baseball diamond, on the high school hockey rink, all these different kids that that I was really close with were, were always pretty active. My sisters were really active. They were high school softball players and basketball players and field hockey and volleyball. And as a kid, I remember going to all their travel tournaments and we went everywhere from Disney through Long Island and, and all across the state too. Um, and it just, it, it really wasn't, it wasn't in the cards for me is how uh, I've learned to, to grow with it. Uh, as a kid, it probably bothered me a lot more than it does now, but as I've grown, I've realized that, that kind of being the, the little brother or the older brother to an athlete or the friend of one, uh, kind of gave me a different vantage point and uh it gave me a chance to to chase something outside of uh of uh on the field and it has me in a in a pretty good spot now so you didn't start playing your passion was from watching others that you looked up to in a way yeah oh yeah i mean i i played recreational stuff throughout right. rec basketball in particular we always still joke because I'm, like i said i'm so close with my friends now um, we grew up playing at the boys and girls club together. So I, I did stuff like that, but baseball wise, never made it past little league. Uh, I certainly didn't find myself on a football field. Um, and, uh, when I got to high school at, at Bishop Hendrickon, right. Uh, athletics is, is, is King there. So, uh, course, I found yeah. myself, yeah, I found myself really emerged in it. And, uh, 
and then by my senior year, I had, I had really taken over uh, myself and there was a couple other students, Cam Brennan, let me see if I give anybody else credit, uh, DT Barron, a couple other guys that, that we had just done this, this broadcast stuff at the high school level and we let it kind of consume us. Uh, I did, I think, every Hendrick and football game my senior year I broadcasted. Really? Yeah, me and, me and my, one of my best friends, Cam, that just took a job out in, uh, in where do you go, New Mexico. So uh, me and him, he deserves most of the credit. I did it uh, admittingly so because it was a big ego boost for the high school me. I was, I was really uh, enthusiastic to, to be the guy in the booth on a Friday night. Um, yeah. where Cam, Cam was really, um, which is a common thread in my life. My broadcast partners have kept me in check. Um, and Cam did a really good job of, of, uh, of keeping me in check. And uh, now he's in the sports information side of things. And uh, I've continued this, uh, this path in broadcasting. Yeah, like uh, I've been to numerous amount of Hendrick and football games because I've had a lot of um, friends that have played for Hendrick sure. and football. So you you would announce uh, over the radio, or would you do like the play by plays at Hendrick? No, we had um, we had started. I don't know the status of it now. Um, yeah, just because I haven't been back in a while. But um, we had what was called the Hawks Sports Network, and it was okay. a uh, an online platform at the time. It was it was very basic, um, but we we. We did a really good job with it. It was a one camera shot up in the press box. And again, to, to a, a 17 year old kid, it was might as well have been ESPN. Cam and I um, really developed a good, not only relationship, we known each other since middle school because we'd grown up together. Um, but we prepared as if we were Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. I mean, we, we would meet on Monday and talk about the game on Saturday and then we would do a, a podcast or an interview with a coach on Monday afternoon and then Tuesday would roll into the two of us sitting at lunch together and doing game prep and things and then Wednesday would come along and, and we'd start to look at the opponent more and then Thursday we'd talk to an offense or a defensive coordinator and then Friday or Saturday would be game day and we'd be emerged again so we prepared um, pretty extensively and uh, and that's that's kind of where where everything begins i guess um but yeah we did it we did it online it was an online streaming platform called Ustream, and uh with the exception of graphics we had just about it all we had a play-by-play -play, we had a color commentator we had a halftime show we had a pregame show and we had the the field level stuff so uh it was it was it was really um this is all a hendrigan right yeah oh yeah yeah that's wow. why I, t I tell people a lot now uh and it's just to to kind of show you know that this is not an overnight thing Mm -hmm. This is now 10 years since I've been a freshman in high school. I've been doing this since my freshman year. So it's, it's not a matter of me all of a sudden, you know, I'm not a professional yet. You know, I, I certainly have gotten paid to do broadcasts, so you could call that professional, but there's still goals and, and aspirations that I have. But um, deep down in the core is just still that, you know, 13 year old kid that just likes to be at a, at a football game. So it doesn't matter if you, if you get me into a high school game, if I'm at a college game, um, whatever any anything that gets me to a sporting event and gets to see you know people competing and teams working together for a goal and you get to be kind of a voice behind it all that i'm, I'm sold i'm sold and it, it really doesn't matter matter whether it's a uh junior varsity game or or you know a uri football game anything in that range is is cool with me definitely that's where i want to start that's where I, that's what my passion is as well Should be. um in high school i played uh four years of varsity basketball and that passion just it just stuck with me you know what i mean so 
not being able to continue at the college level, I seeked another passion in, in broadcasting and, sure. um, you know, anything else, any kind of outlets that I could get myself into, get my name out there. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But um, as for you, how did your career at URI start? And um, what was your first taste of it like? Yeah, I think uh, what happened was, is I had had my college decision down to URI and Quinnipiac and Quinnipiac kind of time had more of the bells and whistles. And I was really convinced I was going to go there. My older sister was a URI student. She was a sophomore when I was making my decision. So I really hadn't even been on a campus tour or anything of that nature. Um, we, I went to welcome day, I think was the first time that I was really on campus outside of maybe dropping off or picking up my, my sister or going to like the Ryan center for an event or something. And um, again, I didn't really pay much attention to it because I didn't think I was going there. And uh, when I really had to get down, I waited until like a week before my parents had to put a deposit in to, uh, to make my decision. And it was Rhode Island. I went there and convinced that not so much I wanted out, but that I'd just really work hard my first semester. I'd see what happened by the time Christmas had rolled around. Um, and then I'd have all my options open. Again, my sister, like I said, she was there. So it wasn't like anybody in my family had ever dealt with um, anything outside of URI because I only have one older sister. So I just worked really hard. And to this day, I think the best GPA I ever had was my first semester as a freshman because I didn't really do anything outside of the classroom. Um, I did a little bit with WRU, which was the student radio station. Right. Yep. Um, my freshmen are fighting for reps at the time anyway. Um, I had made some really good relationships, some really good connections with people in and around the athletic department. And then I just let all these relationships grow. And by the time Christmas rolled around, it was it was pretty clear to me that I wasn't going anywhere, that I really liked it down there. Um, I wanted to keep growing. Um, I was never afraid to ask for, for advice. So I found myself in email threads or, or phone conversations with, you know, Bob Sosi, who's the Patriots play-by-play -play guy who I still have a relationship with now. Um, the Providence Sky Chiefs at the time was a local uh, ABA basketball team that had started in Providence. And I had known their general manager and I was doing games for them. And again, nothing that is over the top that I would ever i don't even know if you can find some of this stuff now because the 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 world has just changed so much in the last five years um but there was all these different things that i just kind of got emerged in and then of course the uri side of things too doing football games uri what i learned was there was a lot of students that wouldn't touch certain things because of the successes of the team and i just thought a soccer game is a soccer game a football game is a football game um, women's basketball is still basketball. And, uh, I'm glad I took chances on a lot of this stuff. And, uh, because now I can't imagine literally like last night I did a URI men's soccer game. My first broadcast I ever did was a URI men's soccer game. Right. Yep. Uh, I'll do every women's basketball home game this year, which I mean, the, the program has just completely evolved under, uh, Tammy Reese, who's the new head coach down there. So I realized all these things that, some students didn't even want to touch. I took a stab at, and now again, those relationships have developed and, and now I'm doing the games on whatever ESPN plus or your view or, or insert platform here. And now it's just grown. Now I'm in my sixth year or seventh year down there, you know, my first year outside of being a student. And again, I, I, I can't picture myself anywhere else. Right. Like you said, um, you did WRIU and, um, for men's basketball, three Atlantic 10 tournaments, two NCAA tournaments, and covered men's soccer, like you said, your first uh, broadcast. 
Uh, where do you start as far as applying yourself and uh, finding these great outlets for getting your name recognized? I think what it comes down to is uh, two things. You have to put yourself out there, which I think you're kind of alluding to. Like, of it's not so much finding things. It's about just taking a jump at it. And, um, and then after that, you just have to be yourself because the way that I put it is there's, especially in this field, right. In, in broadcasting and things like that, there are literally, and I wish I had numbers on it because there are thousands, if not tens of thousands of students across the country that, that want to do this, right? This is a great field to be in um, because it's fun. It's, it's publicized that way. Um, we are so accustomed to seeing the, you know, Chris Fowler's and the Reese Davises and the Al Michaels and, and the Joe Bucks that have become really celebrities that are synonymous with some of the biggest moments in sports. Exactly. And we find ourselves wanting to do that. But what you have to do is realize that each of those four names that I just mentioned are all uniquely different, but are doing the same role. They're all play-by-play -play gentlemen, or, or you know, we're seeing a, a kind of a shift now too, where where play-by-play um, -play guys are also maybe, or rather not play-by-play -play guys, but a lot of written guys are on TV and written people are on TV. You have to be able to grow your personality, personality to a sense of you can cover it all. You're confident in your abilities, but also it's uniquely you. So I think one thing that, that I've noticed is when I'm on air, very rarely am I going to sound different than if I'm talking to somebody outside of it, um, which is kind of unique when, when you meet somebody and they're like, oh, hey, like, hey, see you around town, right? Because they see that on my Twitter feed. I mean, that's that's me. I mean, there's yeah. no other way around it. That's, that's who I am. So you got to really own yourself um so you take opportunities you take chances and you still do it professionally right like i think when i say be yourself like when i get on air and it's whatever a fourth down stop that rhode island has to make to win the game i'm not making a joke in that situation like i but i will be uniquely myself where if uri gives up uh which this has happened before i did a game against stony brook my first year out of undergrad, my first year graduate school down at Rhodey, we gave up like a 52-yard touchdown with literally seconds left on fourth and eight. And I didn't have a color commentator. Um, the press box goes silent, and I got to let you feel what I'm feeling. So I'm just – I call what happens, and then I just stop. I mean, what else has got – the entire arena has gone completely silent. Exactly. Um, You're a fan as well at the end of the you day, You have too. to, yeah. So, and, I mean, it's not just a fan of Rhode Island. It's a fan of – I'm a fan of sports. Sports in general, right? Yeah. So I've done high school games where, where a team clinches a playoff victory and they're only 7-11, and 11, but they clinch a spot in the playoffs and you have to bring some type of excitement because it was – actually, that game was at North Providence High School. It was North Providence versus Westerly. And Westerly was already a shoe in for the playoffs. North Providence had to win it to get in the playoffs. They win like their seventh game of the season. And again, this, this little high school in Rhode Island is all of a sudden like for that moment, everybody cared about it. All the students and the crowd care about it, the parents care about it. And I got the call of the game. I got to care about it. I got to be a fan in that moment. So it's about being uniquely yourself and kind of developing, um, an understanding of the situations that are going on in a sporting event and how you can bring your, yourself into it without becoming bigger than the moment. Right. You got to be yourself and also bring excitement to it. So people are entertained, but like you said, Absolutely. don't, don't, um, don't not be yourself. Don't try to be somebody you're not um, coming from me. I'm a, 
the huge basketball fan, Good. grew up with basketball. Um, when you were mentioning uh, that URI um, football game, I thought of announcers like like Mike Bream, and um, I can't really remember the announcer for uh, the Charlotte Hornets, but you know, a lot of times Miles uh, Bridges dunks the basketball, like crazy emotions, all that kind of stuff that ties into your personality and oh, yeah. that really builds a name for yourself as a, a broadcaster because after that moment, people like when Steph Curry hits that three against OKC, you go bang, bang, everyone goes back to that and they're like, that's Mike Green. Like, oh, yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. And I know that's what you've been doing. And it's just a true blessing at the end of the day. And I don't know where else I would be without sports, as I know you said as well. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the key. I mean, you, you got to... When, when you when you think about some of these great um, broadcasters and and it's and it's across all facets of it, it's it's I mean, there's a reason why Doris Burke stands out. There's a reason why Mike Breen will stick out. There's a reason why, um, you know, color commentator wise, like even somebody like Charles Barkley will stick out like there's people like this that like they have their own personality. And obviously the energy that Doris Burke is bringing to her job is vastly different than the energy that like Shaq, Kenny and Charles Barkley have on, on the pregame show for TNT, but they're all uniquely their same person. Right. Um, Doris Burke comes with a, with a chip of professionalism that a lot of broadcasters won't ever be able to touch, but that's her, that's Doris Burke. So, so I'm not going to worry about trying to get to that level. Um, I want to work like that one day. Um, but for the time being, I'm Stone Freeman. There's only one of me, so I'm just going to bring that energy and that passion that I have for sports every day, and and let it kind of uh, transform and develop as as time goes on. Of course, and I wouldn't. I have the same exact mindset. Um, but like I said, going back to uh, like your internships with like ABC Six, Channel Ten, and I saw that you also worked for uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub. That's yep. you know that's crazy to even think about uh, for me. I hope one day that I can achieve and uh, receive these opportunities as well. But uh, how did they come to you? And uh, what was the process like in order to get to those points? Yeah, internships are huge. Internships are everything. Um, and actually, when I, I just got my first job now over the last couple months, and the Instagram caption I made when I posted about it was you can't intern forever. And that's because I literally yeah, have I I've, I've been an intern for I've had an internship every single year slash semester since my summer after sophomore year or no after freshman year because I interned for the same place that I have a job with now out of my freshman year I interned at ABC6 I interned at Channel 10 I interned at WPRO with the Gress Show at the time I interned at the Sports Hub I did a summer-long internship with the Ocean State Waves um, I did an eight-month position as a graduate student with URI's Sports Information Department long story short these opportunities fall somewhere between you do have to show interest. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that you're not going to have to apply for stuff. I had to apply for my internship at the sports hub. Um, I had to apply for my internship at channel 10, but there's a lot of internships and opportunities that will open up because of one or two people. I mean, here's a good example. I wanted to become the play-by-play -play guy for the ocean state waves, which is a summer baseball league down right by URI at old mountain field. And um, no word of a lie, I had gotten a call from the same woman that had hired me to do the Providence Sky Chiefs, which is another internship I had too, that I referenced earlier. That's something I did my freshman year. And uh, her name's Deb and Deb called me and she said, hey, um, the Waves have an opening. I used to work for them. 
Matt is a really good guy. Matt Finlayson was the owner at the time. She said, Matt's a really good guy. You should show some interest. So I have this really, when I say bad habit, it's a good thing to have. It's a bad habit in terms of your production for the rest of your day. If somebody says there's an opportunity for me, my mind for that day goes to that. So I was in my sophomore year dorm in Heathman Hall and David called me and I said, I got to get some stuff to him. So I crank out a new resume in terms of like I update it. I update my reel. I send it all to him. And uh, he was like, cool, perfect. Like, uh, I'll take a look at it. I'll give you a call later. That night, there's a URI men's basketball game. And I'm talking to my boss with my other internship, Daryl, who is a good friend of mine, still Daryl Jasper. And Daryl says to me, what are you going to do this summer? And I said, well, actually, funny you ask, I just applied for, uh, for an internship with the Waves. And he said, with Matt? I said, yeah. He said, Matt does the scores table. I'm going to introduce you to him after the game. So I meet Matt down on the court and... Uh, Darrow introduces the two of us and Matt says, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to look at your stuff. You got the job. I said, really? And he was like, Shane called me, who was another one of my bosses. Darrow called me. Deb called me. I trust the three of them with just about anything. All of them have sung your praises. Let's get to work. And I was like, wow. all right, cool. So that's like a small example because that's like my sophomore year in college. Right. But the sports hub was the same way. The sports hub, I had to apply, but I had Tim McCone from Channel 10 who was also with the sports sub. I had him put in a word for me. I had Andy Gresh put in a word for me. It's all these connections that you make along the way that it's not so much. It makes it easy. It puts your resume at the top because they're, they're going to get hundreds of applications. Of so course. all your goal should be necessarily is not because I've been denied from internships too. I applied for internships with ESPN. I've gotten denied all of them. Um, I applied for jobs with the Patriots. I've lost all of them. I mean, I, I don't have this perfect storyline. Um, but what happens is, is you want to put yourself in a situation where your resume is at the top. And the internship I applied for with ESPN, I had applied for it. Um, I didn't get it. A year later, that was my junior year. A year later, my senior year, I go on a tour with URI of ESPN's campus, and we meet with an alumni. And uh, he says to me, he goes, hey, I want to let you know that, you know, I read your resume. He said, it sucks that a year ago we couldn't get you in here. But I just want to assure you that your resume got read. We got 10,000 applications or whatnot, and you were in the final 25 of resumes we actually read. And I was like, that's all you can ask for, right? Exactly, because yeah. if they're getting 10,000 applications, so you need connections, you need to be your true self, a little bit of luck involved, but the more, the luckier, what's that quote? The, the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. The more you're worried about connecting with people and, and developing yourself, it's not so much everything falls into place. It's just you put yourself in a better place um, to get some of these opportunities. Yeah, and like time kind of like, you know, takes its courses and you just, you just got to be patient with it. 100%. Um, I was fortunate enough to talk to Joe Mazzula, one of the assistant coaches for the uh, Boston yeah. Celtics. And he told me that like it, it, it's a full circle, you know, sports brings stuff back to you that you didn't think that could have happened. Or, you know, like if you have any doubts, like just, you know, time will run its laps and, you know, you'll get the opportunities that you can. So hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, right now I'm currently at Rhode Island college. I'm starting uh, writing for the paper. Um, I applied myself for uh, anchor TV, which is like the anchor program at nice. Rick. So hopefully, you know, I get that internship on Friday, hopefully, or the interview on Friday, excuse me. And I'm very excited to start with that. Hopefully I can, you know, branch out my career in that way and see where that takes yeah. me. I'm glad you bring that up because another thing that I, that I think can get misconstrued sometimes is people feel that you, you have to start big 
Oh, you no, no. you got to start with like with writing for the paper. I mean, I wrote for the cigar down at URI um, for three of my four years down there. Um, and then you start to develop your own um, personality, your own niche. And then that's when watch the opportunities come. Right. But yeah. Oh, yeah. The local. I mean, um, college TV stations, college uh, streams, college radio, college, college, anything is is a step up. Um then the person that's sitting in their dorm just thinking that you know playing 2k all day is going to result in yeah. them and then become the next mike green i can tell you that but um i wasn't gonna mention um so yeah uh so you have your own podcast as well um do you still uh do that or was that just like uh, a couple years ago or no that's a great question because in short no i i haven't done my podcast in a while but back to that idea of, of branching out i started that as as a senior and i did it consistently for my first semester right so i think i only did like 12 episodes but i did them consistently i had guests on that were who i thought were interesting which is an important point right i i did it because i was interested in it not necessarily because yeah. yeah not necessarily because i needed people to listen but what i realized is now people are still asking me about it right i had a, a kid the other day and my little sister's friends called me and he said hey you know i i've had the same phone for three years it had the stone freeman podcast sticker on the back of it it just crapped the bed do you have another sticker you could send me and i'm like dude i have first of all i haven't had these stickers in in literally in probably two years now and i haven't even released a podcast in over two years and people right. are still interested in it but what that did was that gave me a platform especially as a senior as i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do to do it all. It gave me a little bit of my own opportunity to, so I, I branch out in terms of my own opinions. It gave me a chance to hone my interview skills. It gave me a chance to produce. I did everything. And this is why I don't do it anymore. It's not because I don't like doing it. It's because now with so much play by play that I've developed over the last couple months and a new job, I had to produce everything and which was yeah, fine. So yeah. yeah. As, as a senior, as, as a college kid, I would encourage people to, because I see this stuff on Twitter all the time. People are like, everybody's got a podcast now. Well, my goal for my podcast was never to get views. I mean, it ended up coming that way. where like, I was like, wow, I got 250 people. Listen to this. Like, this is great. But like, as a senior, I can distinctly remember just sitting in the WRU office, it's like four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. I oh, got that's where the else. podcast studio was? Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of it. I don't know if I have it up here right now. I think I got it up here. I bought a Yeti microphone, which I kind of splurged on. Um, and uh, I bought it and it plugs into my laptop and I could make my my studio anywhere. So WRU helped me out with a lot of the uh, like the monologue stuff. I had, um, which again, there's a ton of people that deserve credit because it's called the Stone Freeman Podcast. I say I self-produced it, but I had a ton of little people that were helping me out. We had Sam Lestaco, who was our production manager, I think he was at WRU. And he would set me up in, in one of our recording booths and he'd press record and he'd leave. And then I'd go in and he'd send me the files and all that. Um, so I do stuff like that. But largely, I did everything because I can, I can remember be and it's weird putting it this way because i'm still so chasing the dream i have not reached my ultimate goals yet um but i can remember very cliche to what you will see on like a tv show about somebody that ends up you know being 
the next Al Michaels or whatnot, like being 1130 at night and sitting down to edit and then your computer crashes and you're up until one figuring it out. And then you show up to class the next day and everybody's like, why are you so tired? And you're like, well, that podcast that you listened to on the way in. Yeah. I didn't upload that until three o'clock this morning. That's so crazy because that literally happened to me uh, yesterday. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) No, I believe you. I mean, that's, that's literally the nature of it. So the podcasting world is this world where, yeah, I mean, I'd love to all sit here and tell you that we're all going to be part of my take and have everybody, you know, waiting for Monday and Tuesday morning after, after an NFL Sunday to listen to pardon my take that, I mean, those guys are an anomaly and they deserve to be that way, right? Like they're in a category of their own, but in the moment as a, as a college freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, whatever, even a 23 year old that's out of college that, that doesn't really know where to go. It's at least at the bare minimum going to teach you what to do when crap hits the fan, when you need content to fill. And that's what the podcast did for me. So I know I haven't done it in a while, but I mean, I, I, I'm looking at it now. I, you won't be able to see it cause it's on like the bottom of my laptop here, but yeah. I have my stone Freeman podcast logo still here. The Mac logo is not on the front of my MacBook anymore. I have the sticker over it. So I branded it pretty well. And, and, uh, if anything, if I could do anything different, I would have done it my second semester of college, but I had gotten too consumed with, uh, with UI men's basketball, it had a, had had a, uh, we were kind of up and down, but we went on a six game winning streak to end the year. Um, we went to Brooklyn in the A-10 tournament and uh, I got really consumed with that. But uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I had a really good time doing uh, doing my thing with my podcast for sure. Yeah, um, hopefully, like I, like you said, I can get those kinds of opportunities where, you know, obviously I'm not going to have time to do this, but this is definitely for me. I feel like a great, great start. And I'm so sure. excited to have the guests that I've had on. I'm so appreciative that I could have you on um like this logo right here like i made this logo yeah. myself like good everything is kind of like obviously like a lot of my friends have tied into it and helped me as much as they can and i'm very appreciative for that um but as far as advice goes like you said how what advice would you give to me going forward with this and like branding myself to become like a bigger name almost yeah i think what what you have to do is um and i and i i gotta be honest too i i won't sit here and, and play the critic card because i've always said i i i don't have people that have you know, question me or anything like that, but you do have to, to a certain degree, get a little selfish and brand yourself in a way that nobody else can touch. Um, and I, I had a lot of really good friends down at URI and they'd say to me, uh, you know, well, I'd made like a video, like a hype video for myself once. And it was like stone's day at, at URI. Right. And people are like, dude, like, why are you doing that? And I was like, man, you gotta really, they weren't questioning me in terms of like, but it was more like that's typical stone. Like, dude, why, why are you making a hype video for yourself? And I was mm-hmm. like, dude, I need my logo out there. I need my name out there and, and I need people to be talking about me. So then when they hear a URI broadcast, they go, that's the son of a gun that had, you know, that I saw his sticker on whatever my buddy's water bottle, or I saw him on Twitter the other day, you have to brand yourself in a way that one is unique to you. And also gets gets people talking. I mean, at the end of the day, right? That's that's what we want. My goal is to not get people to to follow me and and so on and so forth. But it's to get people to know who I am, um, and know the quality of what you get when you get a game that Stone Freeman's on the call of. Um, so I'll always promote, you know, my spot because again, I'm a huge play by play guy. I'll promote my spot charts. I'll promote my game notes. I'll promote the nuggets that I find. And that's because I want people to know that when they tune in, they're not only getting stoned, but they're getting 
a unique broadcast that is really tailored to stuff that I find interesting. And then in turn, because I'm the biggest fan in the room, I think most fans will find. So the best advice I can give you is to not only be yourself, because I think be yourself is a little broad, but be yourself in a unique way that not only you're comfortable with, but gets people to, to notice you. It shouldn't be your goal to get people to notice you, but it should be that you are so uniquely yourself that you're not just another broadcaster. And that's, that's really where, where you'll start to see your, your career take a little bit of a jump. And it doesn't matter what you're covering. It could, you could be an intern at, you know, a Patriots practice. You could be, you know, the, the local guy covering the, the Rick baseball team, whatever it is, make your stuff uniquely you and, and it will completely transform the way that people view you and the way that your career will kind of transpire. Right. That's what I'm just kind of thinking, uh, how to, you know, kind of brand myself on campus, how to get the name out, how to get my name out there more on campus, uh, to students, because right now I am a sophomore. I just started my sophomore year. Excellent. And, um, like you said, you started kind of getting your first internships at your freshman year. So, um, I'm excited to do that. Hopefully maybe, over the break after the first semester or even in the summer, you know, whatever comes to me is what comes to me. But um, as for you going back to uh, the college level, your college days, uh, being a part of the sports broadcasting team at URI uh, for as long as you were and you are back at there now, um, have you worked with any other colleges like outside of URI as far as broadcasting? If not, uh, did you wish that you did? Um, well, you, college wise, I've done mostly URI. I guess I never really thought about that. I've done a lot of high school. Like I said, I did some AAU stuff for, through your view, which was really fun. Yep. Um, I never worked with other colleges in terms of play by play for them, but I have developed really uh, good relationships with some of the other colleges in the state. Like, like I think about when I just called the football game this weekend, Rhode Island versus Bryant. Again, you kind of, we talked about tailoring to your audience. I mean, I always care about the opponent, but when there's an in-state team playing, there's a unique opportunity to almost win over the opponent too, um, because there's no doubt that I'm a URI guy, right? Like anybody, I wear that literally everywhere. Like people will know that I'm a URI guy, but I want them to understand that whether I'm calling a URI UMass game, a URI Bryant football game, anything where these teams are a little bit more localized, that I'm still going to care about getting the facts correct and the storylines correct about the school. Um, I was just actually saying this the other day because Twitter, like I said, I mean, critics come, you'll get people tweeting at you and stuff like that. But like, realistically speaking, like in terms of like all of Rhode Island's rivals, like I really, I really don't have any problem with Providence. I got no problem with UMass. I got no problems with problems with Dayton, like these fan bases. Cause I interact with them on Twitter and, and I'm, and I'm really interested in the storylines and stats and figures that go along with these opponents. It doesn't mean necessarily Rhode Island and Providence meet and uh, on the basketball court once a year, right. That I'm going to be like, Hey, whatever, whatever happens, happens. No, I, I want Rhode Island to win that game. But at the same token though, I want to understand the storylines about PC. I want to understand um, maybe the, the stats that tell some stories. I want to get to that. Um, so the Bryant game where I'm going with it is I'm sitting in the press box and I remember it kind of hit me like their sports information director, Tristan, I've known now since I worked with the waves and I can go to him and say, Hey, help me get these pronunciations right. Because I really don't want to want to butcher anything. Um, or if I'm doing last night, I did a URI Brown soccer game and um, I look up Brown's head coach, uh, Steve Laughlin, and I'm reading through his bio 
He was a Rhode Island assistant in 2006 and won an Atlantic 10 championship. I can throw that in my broadcast and it tells the opponent's fan base or tells the opponent's university that, yes, it is a URI broadcast, right? We're putting on the production, but I've taken the time to understand the opponent. And that's exactly. where I see myself working, you know, with, with other universities is I just make sure that I have like students' names pronounced right and coaches' um, career stops in order and stats of the season and whatever. These specifics can really prove not necessarily that I'm a fan of VCU or I'm a fan of Dayton or I'm a fan of St. Bonaventure, but that I am committed to making sure that for those two halves that I have you listening, you're not going to mute the TV because I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm prepared to talk and to analyze the team that you also support. Right. Yeah. That's where it's, that's what it's all about. And uh, I applaud that. Um, have you have ever had the chance to work with like a pro team, like locally or any kind of uh, pro mm. experience? I mean, the sky chiefs technically were a pro team. Um, right. And there were there were problems with the Sky Chiefs um, in terms of I think I don't think it was as big as we were trying to make it to be, and it didn't last as long as we would have liked it to be. But I mean, you you we were dealing with um, you know professional athletes in terms of guys that are coming to work every day to get paid, and everybody kind of really really embraced one another. I, I did enjoy working for the Sky Chiefs. Their head coach Kyle Ivy Jones is a URI guy that I still talk to. Um, almost any chance I get, he just, you know, I, I see my Facebook and he just had a granddaughter. So I'll give him a text and be like, Hey, wanted to wish you congratulations, stuff like that. Like you got to make connections like that too. But I guess the sky Chiefs is probably really the only, you know, professional team I've covered all, through the two internships I had with news stations. And then with the sports hub, I was the Patriots radio network intern. So I did a little bit more connecting with people that are in pro environments but no, I've been I've been kind of college centric uh, ever since I got down there. Now that I think about it, so internships will give you what you'll notice when you get one that that there's unique opportunities to kind of follow the teams a little bit more closely when you're whatever a four month intern or whatnot. But I've never I don't think I've ever had a uh, a direct connection other than with the sports hub. Again, I did specifically the Patriots broadcasts, so I was up in studio every Patriots game day, which to me made me feel like I was. I was involved um, professionally. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, but like you said, it's more of being yourself and who you really are. So if, you know, you love, you like sticking at the college level, like there's so, you know, making an aim for yourself at the college level, anything oh, sure. that you can do. Yeah. So, but um, so talking about now about COVID, uh, how it, you know, kind of affected you, uh, where were you when the pandemic hit and like, how did it uh, affect your career as far as interacting with people and uh, did it affect the amount of opportunities you were getting at the time? Yeah, I think if you go back to March 2020, I was working in the URI Sports Information Department. That was part of that 10-month position or eight-month position that, that I had had as like a year-long intern, kind of somewhere hybrid between like a graduate assistant and, and also working in that department. Um, and that year, 2019 into 2020, was, was really good. I mean, football... It was our first year that we had partnered up with Yearview, so I had had all the football games in the fall, which was really fun. I had had all the women's basketball games. I had had, I want to say, five non-conference men games for men's basketball at URI, and then a couple conference games. Um, and yeah, I mean, every, it came to a screeching halt for everybody in March, right? And what happened was is I had worked out, um, not so much worked out, rather just the way that it found the place, 
my boss at URI at the time, Shane Donaldson, had called me and the other 10-month position intern and said to us, uh, hey, like, I haven't had any conversations. I'm just thinking logically about the way the world's working right now. Like, we're not going to be in the office for a while. You guys are largely doing streaming or broadcast, which obviously we don't have anymore. Um, so hold tight. If I get some stuff to come your way, I will. And I was a graduate student still, so I had to focus primarily on learning how to do everything virtually. So all my classes were now virtually and um, I was writing papers at home instead of in the library and things like that. So I did a couple of things for URI. I did some interviews with, at the time, there was Aaron Parker and Isaiah Coulter who were both wide receivers at URI that got invited to the combine. So your view had me do like an online interview with them. Um, but yeah, it, it, it took a halt. And um, I used it as an opportunity though to really grow myself as a student, because again, I wanted to get my master's degree done. So I took summer classes that um, summer 2020, when things were kind of locked down, I actually moved out. I, I moved into my own place. So me and my roommates got together and I was like, all right, like, let me get myself in order here. Um, and I was just ready for anything. Um, but no, I didn't really, I used it as a chance to, to kind of grow um, as a person, which I think is important too. And, and I think that's, that's kind of why right now I feel so confident as a broadcaster is because I used, you know, that 12 to 14 month stretch where I got my master's degree. So I did a lot of educating on myself. I, I focused on, on getting in better shape. So I developed kind of this, you know, love for running and for fitness and kind of staying active. Um, and I did things outside of broadcasting because broad, I'm fine with people knowing me as a broadcaster. But I really want people to understand that I, I am so much deeper, as is anybody. We are so much deeper than the person that's calling the basketball game on a Friday night. Um, so I did, I did a lot of learning, a lot of uh, educating, and being there for my family and friends, because I think we all could have used that. And uh, you end up coming out on the other side. Yeah, like going back to March, uh, I was in my senior year of high school at Johnston. And that's very difficult. Very it's difficult. like right at the end of the basketball season, uh, we made it to the division championship. We ended up losing to Lincoln um, at CCRI. And then the first round uh, of the playing tournament, uh, we ended up losing to LaSalle. But that after that game, um, the tournament got cut short. Yeah. Schools went online and, you know, you know, obviously the rest is history. You know what happens after that. But I didn't know what I wanted to do as far as school, as far as uh, my passion, what I wanted to sure. major in. But that time really gave me the opportunity to look into different outlets and to like kind of like you said, find yourself and find mm -hmm. who you want to be. So, you know, I'm kind of grateful for it, for it in a way. But again, like uh, you can't bring back, you know, the lives that were lost and all that. But um, I'm grateful enough that I could uh outlet myself in the fact of broadcasting and you know show the world what i got and what i'm all about but uh pre-pandemic for you um what was your most memorable moment at uri uh over the course of your uh career yeah um i, I you know I, and i i just had this question asked the other day because a, a reporter from the cigar which is the school's newspaper at uri asked me the same thing um and and i again i don't tell this to bring the room down or to guilt you but it but it certainly changes the narrative i lost my dad in december um to covid so the pandemic has taken a completely different turn over the last couple uh you know nine months for me but um what sticks out now is is all these moments that i i mean he, dad literally came everywhere with me so he came to both NCAA tournaments with me, one in Sacramento, one in Pittsburgh. He came to an A-10 tournament with me in 
DC in an A-10 tournament in Brooklyn. And then my family, my senior year, and this is the, this is the answer to the question. Um, URI's play-by-play guy, Steve McDonald, and their color commentator, Don Call, URI was going to play in a tournament in Hawaii, men's basketball. And it was the 22nd through the 25th of December, so Christmas season. And Steve and Don were both like, I don't know if we want to go. Like, and this is before pandemic, right? I'm sure if we knew that the pandemic was coming, anybody would take a trip to Hawaii, you know, 18 months before the world shuts down. But um, they were like, yeah, I think, I think we'll, we'll keep this one out. And uh, now my new boss, Devin, uh, Devin Berg, called my old boss, Shane Donaldson, who's a sports information director, and was like, you think Stone would want this? And Shane was like, I know he would. So they call me and they asked me if I would go to Hawaii. And I was like, don't have to ask me twice. And I'll never forget my, what my dad said, because it was over Christmas break. My dad said, uh, I was like, you know, I told my parents, I found out on like September 13th that I was going So we had a ton of time to prepare. And I was like, but I don't, I don't want you guys to stress. Like if, if you want to stay home for Christmas, that's fine. Like this is, and my dad said, no, there's no way one, you're going to Hawaii alone and two, you're spending Christmas alone. And I was like, all right. So my sisters who are both URI, my older sister's an alum, my younger sister is a senior. And my parents, they got on a plane two days before me. They got out to Hawaii. I took the team plane. And uh, we had three games. But the thing that always sticks out is uh, I'm on the call and I was doing the solo calls. I didn't have a color commentator or anything. So I wasn't nervous necessarily um, because I'm overly prepared for broadcast. But I was more like just the butterflies of excitement. And I turned around and my parents had come all the way to Hawaii and the two of them have headphones in, of course, listening to my broadcast. And that will always stick out to me because I was like, really? Like, you, I told you, you could, you guys could have stayed home. And not only did they come, but they came here and are doing the same With thing they could have done at home. To, yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, and that, that will always, uh, will always stick out to me was, was that trip to Hawaii. And we were there, you know, we had Christmas in Hawaii. We had, you know, I had a lot of stuff. I'll never forget this either too. My parents quickly found out how much I prepare for stuff because we'd get done with a game and we played the 22nd, the 23rd, we had Christmas Eve off. And then we played on Christmas again. And, uh, I had done the first game on the 22nd and, uh, I had a game the next day and I went to dinner with my parents and they were like, uh, and again, we're on vacation time. Right. And it's, it's only like 10 o'clock at night and we're in Hawaii. And my dad was like, all right, where are we going to go next? And I was like, I'm going back to the hotel. I was like, I, I got to prepare for the game tomorrow. And uh, that was, they've always been supportive of me, but I think that was the moment where the two of them were like, he really does like passionately care about this because we're in Hawaii. We can do anything. And he wants to go back to the hotel and prepare for the game. So that's the things that stick out now is, is having my dad at all these events and, uh, and, and having my family just so supportive of, of not only me, but of the same team that I passionately care about there, they're always there for, which is, uh, which is really cool. Right. Uh, but to start off, uh, rest in peace to your dad. You know what I mean? Like, uh, my dad has been my biggest hero through all this, through my high school career. You know, he didn't show a lot of emotion at my games. He'd always sit like all the way at the top Mm -hmm. and kind of just watch. I, I could score 25 points and he'd still have the same emotion on his face. And that's what it's all about though. You don't want to be that parent to, you know what I mean? Go crazy. Yeah. And obviously it's, you know, nice to show love to your kid and everything, but um, he's really been the forefront of what I've been doing. And, um, you know, I don't know where I would, else where I would be without him, but to segue into my last question, uh, who was, or who still is your biggest influence and role model going into all this? Yeah, I think, um, 
you know, I, I love this question because every time I, every time people ask me, I literally, I think of a new person, which is really transformative to, uh, to not only my life, but to the people that I surround myself with in life and their lives. Um, but over the last couple of years, it's, it's, it's obviously been my parents in terms of personally, which, um, I'll kind of, of let th- that last answer kind of, you know, answer that side of things. Uh, cause I'll definitely give my parents credit for everything, but really it's been, um, there's a lot of people down, uh, at URI that, that I've realized quickly are no longer seeing me as, um, as a student broadcaster, as a student reporter, they, they've seen the work that I put in and when opportunities come their way where they might need a broadcaster or somebody to write a story or somebody to find a story, they find me. So it's, it's, I've talked about him a couple of times already, but the sports information director down at URI, Shane Donaldson, I always praise him because he's been like this hybrid between a father and a brother to me, especially over the last nine months. Like he'll give me some tough love every once in a while, like a dad would. And then he would give me like uh that nurturing kind of kick in the ass like a brother would every once in a while so it's been a lot of people down at uri but who i like really look up to are like broadcasters that that are again uniquely themselves and and i watch religiously sunday night football for al michaels and i say that ironically because i told you earlier on that you shouldn't be bigger than the moment um, so why I'm watching these big games for the broadcaster is kind of contradictory, but where I make sense of it is if you listen to an Al Michaels broadcast from like the eighties, if you listen to the miracle on ice call, or if you listen to the, the earthquake world series calls, or if you listen to him and Joe, uh, John Madden in the early two thousands, other than him aging. So his voice might've gotten a little raspier or, or his the personally the way he looks he looks a little older he is the same he's the same and and he doesn't bellow his voice when he talks like it's just his voice um and some people have like these really really you know incredible broadcasting voices which are awesome but they're theirs like john rook for the who's the uh province college play-by-play guy and he also does the pa for um gillette stadium he like naturally has a tone like this and it's fantastic because it's his Al Michaels is this guy that I kind of look at and I go, wait a second. Like he doesn't get deeper. He doesn't get up. He just, he just talks. He's himself. Right. Yeah. And it makes, and it makes sense. Same thing with like a, a Gus Johnson, right? Like, is he a little over the top sometimes? Sure. But how can you, how can you fault him when, when that's him, you know, that's, that is distinctly who he is. Um, Mike Breen obviously is a good one. So I have all these different people in my life that I look up to people that I've never even met before my parents who obviously have, have just always been there for me. And then I have all these mentors that I live and deal with on an everyday basis. Um, and I've always said the best part about my life, bar none, is that I've never had to prove somebody wrong. I've always had to prove people right. I don't know how I, I've been this blessed, but there's never been anybody that'll say like, you can't do that. It's more of they're trying to convince me that you can, and I just have to convince myself. So I could rattle off literally a million names of, of, of people that, that I kind of look up to, but yeah, broadcast wise, it's like Al Michaels personally, it's like my family. And then professionally, it's, it's all these uh, great mentors that I have down at URI. Yeah. And all that kind of ties into who you are. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. It's like, it's yourself, 
But at the end of the day, you have a lot of people that you're looking up to and they give you a lot of advice. And like you said, people that you haven't even met, uh, you just branch off of them and kind of use some of the techniques that they use. So that's what I'm trying to do and I'm trying to pursue. And um, I'm very grateful that you could join me here because um, looking up uh, a lot of your stuff, like it's like, damn, like I want to, I want to do the same exact thing. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to branch myself into hopefully like even better or bigger. Like, you know what I mean? Sports, sports bring so many opportunities that you don't even realize that are there, you know, in the moment. So uh, going back to what you said, you just got to apply yourself and be true to who you are. That's it. You got to do a little bit of, uh, I've, I've realized that I have to reconsider this, um, you know, and, and I get, I'm not coming at the 76ers, but they had that whole trust the process thing. And yeah. I've quickly changed trust to enjoy. I mean, yeah. if it, I, I, I beat myself up so much as like a freshman, like you have to do this, you have to do that. And I realized that what I was doing was, is I was like game prepping for like three straight days. And I was like, this is doing nothing but stressing me out. Now I game prep for like an hour one day and then I enjoy myself. I do something because when you get to that moment, when you're on air, when you're writing the story, when you're physically in the moment, if you don't enjoy that moment, you're, you're in this for the wrong reason. I mean, it's, it's that simple. So when I get ready for a URI football game, like preparation matters or a men's basketball game or a women's basketball game. I mean, preparation is everything. But when I sit down, I'll always look at kind of my color commentator, whoever it is. And at this point in, in my career, I, I know almost all of them. And I'll sit down next to him and like, you give him a fist bump and you're like, let's do this thing. Like, like it's, it's no longer about stress. It's no longer about which you got to overcome some of that every once in a while, but you kind of look at him and you're like, let's just dive in. Cause, cause I'm not, I'm not worried about um, the little things right now. I'm worried about if I get through the next four quarters and I just go, man, that sucked. Not outcome wise. Like I just didn't feel it at all. Then what the hell am I doing? And I haven't had one of those broadcasts yet. So let's hope it stays that way. Of course. And um, it's just, it sounds like a true blessing uh, to what you've accomplished and what you've, uh, you know, put yourself through. And um, I know I said a lot, but I really hope I can achieve that one day and I can achieve a bunch of different things. Um, You will. But I wish I could talk to you for even longer, but that's yeah. all the time we got right now. I could, I could talk about this for hours. You know sure. what I mean? I tell my friends all the time. I could talk sports, anything for hours. But um, any, any last remarks, anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? One piece of advice I will give you, and for time constraints, I understand why, why you know, you will stop talking. But my <laughs> older sister always tells me, when I was a kid, nobody could get me to shut up. Nobody could. Uh, teachers that now I talk to and they're like, you know, I was a little too hard on you back then because I would just talk. You could put me in any portion of the classroom and it didn't matter who you put me next to. I was going to talk. And now I literally talk for a living and it's like, that's why you do it. So I just keep what I've learned though. And this is what I'll end with. You got to give people the opportunity to speak to and talking's fun, but listening's even better. And, and when you exactly. can actually listen to people and, and hear what they're going through and hear what makes them, and that's what makes sports so great is, is everybody has a story. And more often than not, the stories in sports are either the good ones or the ones where people have overcome the bad ones. And that's what makes it really fun is, is news is great. I have a lot of friends that, that are in like the news side <laughs> of broadcast journalism, and it's great. but there's so much of that 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 can put you down 
you, you don't flip to the sports page to find out, you know, the tough shit, right? You flip to the sports page to find out about the kid that had a hat trick. This is a good one. This is last night in a URI game. Kid had a hat trick for URI, three goals in the men's soccer game. He missed the penalty kick to win the game two games prior. That's why you go to the sports section for stuff like that. So, um, yeah, give an opportunity for people to listen. And, and not only will you get better as a broadcaster, it completely transforms who you are as a human being. And that, for my money, is, is the more important of the two. I truly couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Stone, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you, you sharing knowledge and everything. Um, hopefully we can stay in touch and you know Absolutely. maybe even do this one day again. But, um, yeah, I, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. You got it. Yeah, if you need anything, please let me know. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to help you out, and I'll make sure to share this. Yeah, keep in touch, my man. I, I had a really good time. Thanks for having for me. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. Be well. And that wraps up today's episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed um, me and Stone's conversation. He's given me so much advice that I could use uh, continuing the podcast, continuing my career as a sports broadcaster, as a journalist. I couldn't thank him enough for the opportunity. Stay tuned for more episodes, guys. Click the links in my description and hit up my website. Hit up all my social media links. Go follow everything. Subscribe. Hit the post notifications button. Guys, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.